week guys what have we got uh, we've got the iron claw uh, a movie that seems to that came out this weekend but seems to have already been out for about six months uh, and american fiction a movie that's come out this weekend and seems to have already been out for about six months uh so here we've got those two guys we've got our usual bits going on uh, what we've been up to and all sorts going on sorry the cat is literally just trying to What's he doing? I don't know. I'm not sure. There you go. <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, so, yes. Try yeah. to lay down between us, but because the, 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 the headphone wire's there, every time we move, it's like twitching underneath him and it's freaking him out. Yeah. And he, he, he never actually lays there, ever. No. <laughs> uh, yes, so they've got bits like that. Uh, trailers and... Well, maybe trailers. Maybe trailers. <laughs> and, you know, all sorts. Uh, we're yeah, definitely... Sorry, sorry, don't worry. Uh, Continue, sorry. Podcast, my bad. Uh, other podcasts are The Rewatch Project, uh, Entertainment, oh, sorry, Gaming Land for it is now, isn't it? Uh, the Good, The Bad and The Odd, uh, Chinsworth vs. Punter. Uh, so yeah, so go over and listen to our friend show. But first, keep listening to this show. Keep listening to this yeah. show. Yeah, you cunts. Uh, also, as Ian's just called you cunts, and I was literally just about to say this, we don't ask for this a lot. In fact, I would say over the course of the... 526 episodes. I would say we've maybe asked for it 15 times, maybe. But yeah, just think there's some, some iTunes reviews or some Spotify reviews. Oh, the validation you're asking for. Is yeah. It? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you cunts. Uh, <laughs> Good. Ian, what's been happening Hello. in the old movie news this week? Oh, 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 oh. All right. Let's have a look, see. Um, we talk about Paul Meskel saying. Like, you don't want to be famous, or whatever it was. Silly boy. No, I, 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 we might have. I, 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 my thing with this is you get a lot of, of, of actors who do this, um, who come out and say, you know, I don't really want to be famous. My thing there is, don't go on Graham Norton then. 
No, we did because you you said exactly <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 All right. We'll move on. I. It just. I don't know. Like, it's. I. I said this on I said this on the boy chat, but the fact that Taylor Swift is calling her new album the Tortured Poets Department because her ex, um, whatever his name was, um, the guy, sorry, Joe Alwyn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a WhatsApp group with Andrew Scott and Paul Meskell called the Tortured Boys Club. I, no, just no. And she just obviously thinks it's ridiculous. I'm, I, I mean, it's very self-aware. No, probably not. Um, I think the thing what, here what? is that I have a mal issue with this is he's said currently nothing. Yeah. He has kept incredibly That's quiet a really good point. About the whole thing. Didn't but he didn't he didn't sort of talk about it a lot during their relationship. It, he was very he was very adamant that he wanted to just be it, it, it wanted to be the background. He didn't want to be part of that 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 was going on. He said absolutely nothing at all. And do we think that that it would be called that and it would be getting because it's been leaked and a lot of things about Taylor Swift albums come out as leaked as this song's about this person, this song's about this person. Do you think it would be if it was with like a couple of mates he had from school that weren't like very popular actors right now? It just mm. it feels a little bit it feels a little bit nasty to Taylor a guy Swift's who who doesn't like seem <laughs> who doesn't seem like he's actually done anything wrong. Mm. You know, it just it I, feels it, just from the the fact that her her fans go fucking nuts and go after people, and you know, they might stuff might come out, but at the moment, it just seems like this guy doesn't really deserve that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I I think you're right. I think it's just my the bias that's kind of fermenting against Paul Meskel showing no, I, I think I'm, if I, she I, dated I'm Paul Meskel fair enough but it, it, it's just the guy who literally I don't think yeah. I've ever heard him speak <laughs> well I mean yeah and apparently like she broke up with him because he was like no I don't want to go out there and be photographed with like by hundreds of people whenever I go out with you and you know like yeah. it, it, I, Joe Alwyn has done yeah. a good job of I don't want to be famous I just want to work as an actor yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe um, you should text maybe you should maybe he should be texting on the fucking tortured boys WhatsApp and just say, Do you know what, Paul, maybe don't go on maybe, I was just listening to a podcast and, and this guy said maybe don't go on Graham Norton. One thing I did want to pick up on actually, who was that? There was a young actress who came out this week and said that it's really, really hard getting roles for young actresses her age. That just seemed like we've maybe gone through the Rubicon. Um, oh, who the fuck was it? Not sure. Um, oh, that's really, really, really frustrating. I don't think it was Sydney Sweeney, but it's like it's some fucking up and comer. Hang on, I've got to, I've got to find this out now. Well, I'm sorry. Well, well, while you really find boring. that out, we, we can talk about the wonderment of um, of just. Just Dakota Johnson and the whole um, the whole press tour for Madam Web and the fact mm-hmm. that Dakota Johnson just doesn't take any fucking shit and gives zero fucking fucks. 
about anything. <laughs> the guy asking her, and I think you said this to me, saying, oh, did you see the, the meme? And, and, and for a start, it wasn't a meme either. It was like a selection of videos of people reacting and doing the, um, oh, this is Blab, Sims. He, um, he was with my mother just before she um, died uh, researching spiders in the Amazon. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I don't know what this is, what is it? And he's like, you know, people, because that line out of context just sounds really weird. And she's like, I don't know what you mean. It's like, you know, out of context, it sounds really weird. She said, well, surely any, any sentence out of context sounds weird. And it just the guy Thank can't you, answer. And he Sorry. just tries to go again and she just goes, this is really silly. <laughs> but the th- right, so, and it was Phoebe Diviner, the one from, thank you, Becky, the one from that fucking stupid film with Alden Ehrenreich that we watched last year. Um, yeah. it was her no fuck off Phoebe I'm not having it there's plenty of roles for actresses your age you think you got it hard now wait 20 years and That's then get okay. back to no us disrespect but you're 28 you're not that young brutal um, but fair um, but it, the Dakota Johnson thing she knows exactly what she's doing there and mm. I think it's I think it's fucking brilliant she's absolutely turned What what is he expecting her to say what is it? It's such a dickhead move. Yeah, you're there interviewing her, supporting the where she's supposed to be supporting the film, and you're saying that one line in the trailer is fucking stupid, isn't it? What? What? You know, you're just trying yeah. to get a rise, you're trying to get clicks, and it's inversely got clicks because of her reaction. So in a way, he wins. Um, but good on her. I'm sure the film is going to be fucking awful. I am absolutely sure. It's not getting any press screenings. It's just coming out on Wednesday. It did. It, it, there's no word on it. It is gonna be shit, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna love it. Yeah. I'm saying it now. I'm. I'm, re- I'm. I'm looking forward to it more, just based on the more that people seem to be kind of giving it shit, but without actually seeing it. <laughs> it just Dakota Johnson in like a D-list tier. Spider-Man character film is such like late twenty tens energy, but it's the mid twenty twenties, and Adam Scott's in it for some fucking reason, and like he's playing. I, I, I reckon he dies. Something. I yeah, reckon he you... dies in the first ten minutes. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking it was either that or he's secretly going to be revealed to be like with the villain or something like that. You know it. But yeah, that film's going to be shit. I'll tell you what, though. I have listened to a radio ad for Bob Marley One Love maybe 20 times this weekend, driving up to London <laughs> driving back. And that film, I'm with Noel. It can get in the bin. I don't want to watch it. I can't yeah. be fucked. And apparently, it's just straight down the line. Yeah, this is exactly what an authorised by the family biopic of Bob Marley is. Not interested. Well, I, I saw a thing with... Um... Ziggy Marley um, saying, "Oh, it was really important to us." This is I, I genuinely I, I might, I'm paraphrasing mildly, but I think it's only mildly. Because I'm trying to remember the exact quote. It was really important for us uh, to get an actor who was Jamaican or at least had Jamaican heritage. It was really important to us to get that for the role of 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 our of our dad. But we just couldn't find anybody. So in the end, uh, Kingsley Benadir was a really good choice for us. Brutal. <laughs> it's just, why say all that? And then go, 
Oh, but they didn't come find anyone. Uh, yeah, I... The only shock about this is that one of the one of the Marley sons isn't playing their dad. I mean, yeah, quite. Who's who's playing Michael Jackson in the Fuqua film? Uh, isn't it like is it isn't it a relative of Jackson's? Is is it one of like the one of like three T's no, kids? No, it's ah, uh, it's somebody's son. No, it's somebody's son. Or is that the Bruce Lee one? That, oh God, my brain is mush. I need to look this up now. I think it's wild that Anthony Fuqua is doing a a, a, a Mike Jafar Jackson. He's a son of Jermaine Jackson. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that film. And Coleman Domingo's playing Michael Jackson's dad. I think that came out this week. I mean, Coleman, you, bless you, mate. You got that Oscar nom. You cash that paycheck. Like, that film is cursed. But, you know, you do you. Yep. Uh, Who the fuck wants to watch an authorised by the Jackson family Michael Jackson biopic? Miles Teller's playing his his manager. to watch the uh, authorised by... (gasps) Mitch Winehouse, Amy Winehouse movie. Well, apparently, Nick Cave oh. and um, what else are doing the uh, score for that? For what? For Back to Black? Yeah. No. <laughs> apparently. I d- think things do seem a bit broken. It does. It it seems a little bit like like. Something has, has like been shaken and everything's landing in the wrong place. <laughs> ah, but what's landing in the right place? I'm flying about all over the place. Spike Lee and Denzel Washington are remaking Kurosawa's High and Low for Apple and A24. Which is yes, please. great. Yes, Spike please. Spike Lee and Denzel Washington back together is good news. High and Low rules. Mm. Remake of that. Starring Denzel Washington feels like it'll be respectful. You know, coming from Spike Lee, it'll be respectful. Oh yeah. Um, but but with a Spike Lee joint touch, uh, that's incredibly exciting. Production begins in April, so you know there's there's a chance we're seeing that around Oscar season if if things play out well. Can't imagine it's going to be that much of a visual effects heavy film. So you know they 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 could have that out for them. Yeah. Um, also. Apparently, um, Tom Cruise is rumoured to be the next uh, star to be added to the movie critic. I thought you were about to say the next James Bond. No. Um, but <laughs> ten out of ten would watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean we've literally terrible. got them. They're called the Mission Impossible movies. I yeah, no, I know, but they'd do it in a suit in Bond. It'd be pretty funny. That a tactile neck. I mean, if Tarantino's serious about like this is his last directorial effort, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not just go fucking all out? Absolutely, just go for it. Yep, that's great. So it'd be Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Oh, Leo's got to turn up. Oh, Leo, Leo, Leo will be there. Sam Jackson is already apparently cast as well. <laughs> great, great. Oh, I mean, yeah, brilliant. I sort of think with uh, the, you know GQ do these um, 
these little videos uh, where Barry Teo talks about his three iconic films and it's yeah. 25 minutes long. Have you watched the uh, Kurt Russell one? No. The Kurt Russell <laughs> one that's good. is fucking great. Because he, yeah. just, he just loves talking. But one of the real, like, the funniest, most interesting bits about it was apparently when they when they shot the thing, it, he'd already been cast to Kurt Russell and something like that and it was all ready to go. But he couldn't join the set until um, like three or four days into shooting, yeah, um, it all pre-agreed. It was all he had something else going on, but he, he, he was going to join after three or four days of shooting. So, so he he, he saw the story about when he, he he comes in and he sees this like this uh, sombrero hat uh, on the side, <laughs> and he's like talking. He goes, "What is that?" Points it, and they say, "Oh, it's it's, it's your hat." And he's like, "I am not wearing that." I am not wearing that. There is no way I'm wearing that hat. It's ridiculous. And the um, the costume designer kind of started laughing and said, "You've kind of got to because uh, John's already shot a load of like the from the back shots of you flying the helicopter wearing it <laughs> because he knew you'd say no. So he's made it so you have to now." And it's just it's it's his relationship with with John Carpenter just seems to be great. Every time he's talking about a John Carpenter role, he's just fucking beaming with a smile. It's great. Ah, uh, too bad Carpenter just can't be asked. I mean, no, bless him. You know, he just wants to watch bar- uh, basketball and play video games. And you know, if I'm in my seventies, sure. But you know, they did actually ask. I don't, I don't think it was in that or it's something else. I saw that he was doing something to promote this uh, Monarch series that he's been doing. Um, when they asked him and said you know would is there a filmmaker you'd like to work with that you've not worked with and he's like no I think I've pretty much worked with everybody that I, that, that I feel like me as a performer would work with and so said, you know, the only thing I would like to do is I'd love to work with John again but it just it all depends on whether or not John wants to work again if he does I'll do it if he doesn't then it'll be a little bit sad yeah yeah he he said. I mean, he said he'd like he would direct if they did a film of Dead Space. He'd direct that. Yeah, and it's yeah, do it. Why? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Oh, the the um, other, other bit yeah. of news I think is the uh, Coyote versus Acme film. Now it looks like that's going to be it. It's going to be just shelved indefinitely, and we're never going to get to see it. That's wild. Because nobody wants to pay eighty million dollars for it. The thing is, finished, yeah. Sell it for less. No, but they can get more as a tax write off with it. Well, I mean, there was some scuttlebutt saying that, like, it was, it cost over $200 million and that Warner were essentially, all right, look, we'll take, we'll take the hit on it, give us the 80 million because, like, the the tax write off would, would, would be less than $80 million, basically. So Warner Bros. would make, make more money. Um, The thing is, I don't want to, the people coming out for it, who have seen it and whatnot, if you've been shown Coyote versus Acme, you are very, very likely a friend of the filmmakers, surely. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a little bit. Maybe you'd be coming out and supporting it to support a friend anyway. Like, but you know, people are kind of like saying that you know, oh, it, it might be the 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 next Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It could be really, really big. Also, at the same time, 
it actually might not be worth $80 million in, in today's day and age. And it might be that the previous administration of Warner Brothers shouldn't have greenlit it in the first place. Now, I'm not saying that what they're doing is cult, is not cultural vandalism, because it basically is. You paid for the fucking thing. You've had all these people pour years of their lives into it, release it. But from a fucking cold as shit corporate point of view... It's a new Warner Brothers administration now. They didn't make this. They're seeing it as we we need to make some money. This is a way of making money. Sure, it's short-sighted. It, it sucks. It sucks. But at the same time, maybe the film shouldn't have been made in the first place. And that's that's a horrible thing to say. But I mean, like the Batgirl one, they said it was straight up unreleasable. How does that happen? As we as well, you know, like there is something broken in Warner Brothers in terms of like the 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 quality control of all this kind of stuff by the sounds of it as much as anything else. Um, but I mean, it's it's a massive shame because you know these people now, yeah, they obviously got paid for their work on the film, but they probably could have got residuals and things like that, and that sucks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it just... James Gunn should just turn around and say, you know, I'm doing all of this DC Universe for your Warner, yeah. Can you just fucking release my Coyote vs. Acne film? Even if it's just on a fucking... Even if you just drop it on your own fucking streaming platform. And, 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 and I mean, like, again, I'm being a bit cynical. He's the fucking head of DC... Or co-head of DC Studios. He's got some real sway in Warner mm. Brothers. How is, how is that not happening? Yeah. And, yeah, I... I there's something about it that doesn't smell right to me. And it's just like, maybe the... F- yeah, they poured a lot of money into it and they're trying to get back as much money as they can and they think this is the best way. It fucking blows. I think if but, the film was that shit, they, I think somebody would, somebody at Warner would have just come out and gone, look, it's an absolute piece of shit. We need to do two, we need to put more money into it. Because what they said about the Batgirl one was they need to spend the budget again to fix the, effect, the VFX on it. And yeah. it's just not worth it. Mm. Nobody's asking for it. But I mean... I think there's a wider question that can be opened up uh, that I'll, we'll open up later with one of our what we've been watching actually okay. about that actually can nicely tie in with that Ballistic oh. X versus Seba what's this? Uh, uh, no I was thinking did you watch that Antonio Banderas Lisa, Lucy Liu film Ballistic X versus Seba no that kind of feels like a film that never should have been released <laughs> a lot of films that should never be released <laughs> I don't know it's a film called Ballistic colon X versus Sever. What is this? I, I, is yeah. it new? No, oh mate, it's like 15, 20 years old. Look it up, I'm not like X oh, spelled no, E-C-K-S. Of course you have. It's doubted by chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That definitely sounds yeah, like a direct that. watch. I think we've got it on DVD, Vex. <laughs> In fact, no, I'll rephrase that. We've got this on DVD. Yeah, it, it was chilling, basically a chilling. terrible fucking <laughs> equilibrium ripoff. I, I just, I, I just think that's a really funny title. Like, like, how am I supposed to understand anything? It's called Ballistic Colon X versus Sever. Do, do, am I supposed to know who X is? Am I supposed to know who Sever is? I don't think you even find out in the film. Fuck, so it's not like it's Godzilla versus Kong. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very little is. Very little is. Right. 
Trailers. Ian, have they, have they been in it? Because you seem to think they have. Well, I just don't, can't remember it. Well, we've got quite a quiet place. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do have that one, don't we? I thought Becky was going to say something, though. Sorry, Bex. No, I was going to say we, we've got one, and it, it's that one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Quiet place, day one. Um, so this is um, directed by Michael Sarnoski, I want to say the guy's name is. He directed the Cage film, Pig. Yes. Um, <laughs> with the film with, like, the greatest absolute um, body bagging of a guy's soul of all time in that um, like that, that conversation that Cage has with that cook. Um, <laughs> yes. F- like fucking at her, found dead in a ditch. But um, yeah, so uh, this is Lupita Nyong'o and that, that was Jaimon Honsu. Yeah. In, was, yeah. In, yeah. Who was in A Quiet Place Part 2. So there's the connective tissue there i suppose um yeah man i mean it's alien invasion film looks like they've chucked some money at it could be good could be pretty three out of five (laughs) but yeah i think it looks better than the second one just from the trailer to be honest yeah yeah and i can relate to that lady just walking around the city with a cat i'd do that it was socially acceptable. Mm. I just don't know whether I care. That's it, though. <laughs> it's that. It's just... I just don't know if I care. I like, feel like I care. how the world... Will go, go, like, I just, yeah, I just don't know whether I care. I care more about watching what actually happened, though, than another movie of Emily Blunt just but I don't. Quiet. I don't know whether I cared about watching A Quiet Place 2. I cared at the time because it was like one of those first big, like delayed films mm. that got released post COVID. But I watched it the once. Couldn't tell you anything about it. I, I, there is Killian I, Murphy's there. I I enjoyed a quiet That's place, right. and I actually kind of enjoyed a quiet place too. Mm. But they're they're now ranking as those type of films where I'm just like I just there is there, I don't think there is anything that you could do to get me to rewatch them because I just don't care. I'd rewatch number one. I wouldn't watch two again because the kids, kids, just too annoying. But there's just a lot of. But children are annoying, so. I just I. I, I do. Do we need a quiet place universe? I think it's a universe. It's a, it's just a prequel. I I mean if if the next one's gonna be like the two threads intersecting and we get a quiet quiet place. Blunt X Nyongo, then I'm up for that. Team Nyongo. I mean, absolutely. Oh, it's got Eddie off of Stranger Things in it. I don't have a fucking clue what that is. The guy who plays the guitar. Oh, great. Joe something. Joseph, Joseph Quinn. That's him. Awesome. So, yeah, that's oh, a summer we- film. We got we got a trailer for the the re-release of Les Misérables. Oh fuck me! <laughs> Great, because apparently that's coming back to cinemas. Why? <laughs> that's literally what Bex turned around to. Who's like, asking for like, this? Who's asking for this? <laughs> and it's just it's it's like the people who hold the rights to Les Mis 
just literally go, right, which bit can we re-release to milk it a bit more? I reckon they've got like a Lamey's bank account, right? And you know you can set alerts. Yeah. If, you, if your balance <laughs> goes over a certain amount in your account. <laughs> yeah. It's got an alert set up and every time it hits that, they're like, right, fuck me, what can we re-release? What, what, can, we, what, what, can, we, what can we release? We need to release a new DVD. <laughs> it's 4Ks now. We need to release a new 4K of, of one of them. And then there's a film. There's a film. We made a film. The Liam Neeson it, it, one. No Russell Crowe. Fuck off. Re-release that. See, I wouldn't mind it's... re-watching it. I won't go to the cinema to re-watch it, but I won't mind re-watching it because I seem to remember Russell Crowe was quite good in it. Of course he is. Uh, what's his face? is quite good in it. Uh, that's the one. Um, even uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Safe Reed. Halfway. Oh, he's yeah. Really good in it. But I remember Anne Hathaway just being really fucking hammy in it. So like she dies after forty-five minutes. Oh, yeah, she's only she in it for like twenty whining minutes, isn't she? And whining though, doesn't she? Fucking I'm sure hell. you can fast forward past that song. I'll probably fast forward past that song. So I won't mind rewatching it just to see if Anne Hathaway is as awful in it as as I remember, or whether it's just my Hathaway prejudice. I'm just imagining now someone getting a notification on their Lamez bank account saying your last payment took you uh, under your overdraft release Lamez in cinemas again to make sure we do not charge you <laughs> that's it that's it and then there's just, just, just some guy going Sacre Bleu <laughs> it's good love it what other trailers have we got I don't, I don't think there are any. I mean, it's the Super Bowl tonight, isn't it? So yeah. I think I think we'll probably get Deadpool three tonight. Well, well, apparently, it's been announced that a Deadpool three trailer is going live about half an hour after the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, fair. great. Good. So yeah, so we're all going to wake up to a a Deadpool three trailer. Looking forward to that. Yep. Should we review a movie, guys? <laughs> no. Right, I'm going to get up the, the, what it says on IMDb before I start talking about it so I don't have to fill during the review I can fill before. Uh-huh, yep. Still, still filler. Good. Still filler, yeah, but it's a different kind of filler. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iron Claw uh, is written uh, and directed by Sean Durkin and stars Zac Efron, Jer- Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickerson, Maury Turner, Lily James, Holt McCartney and some other people are in there. It is the true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who made history in an intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. I mean, I know something that seemed to separate them quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Is it death? Yes, it is. We are all supposed all the time, folks, for a true story. <laughs> so you could, you should maybe know what happened anyway. Um, Ian. Yo. What do you think to the Iron Claw? Uh, I I very much liked the Iron Claw, um, even though the second half has got some real fucking weird pacing. Um, it it it, it sets up its still well. And the thing is, I didn't really, I knew there was an element of tragedy to this, but I didn't quite know. Fucking hell! Like they all died apart from him. Shit, yeah. you know. So that first hour. Is is great, and the sense of time and place is brilliant. There are some obvious needle drops, but I loved the the kind of like the TV presentation aspects of it. I thought that was that that was great. Um, I, 
it, it's been a couple of weeks now, so forgive me. Um, Efron um, d- looks fucking insane, as I referenced on last week's show. Um, but I, I yeah, I, Jeremy Allen White. I you know I haven't seen the bear or I, I, I've seen one episode, so I don't have much exposure to him. But you know, aside from looking like he should have played Young Wonka, um, not too much I, I knew about him. But I thought he was he was really good in this. Harris Dickinson, good as well. I mean, everybody's solid. Lily James, little bit underserved by the part. Um, you know, it's a very centered around the brothers. MVP actually might be more a tyranny. Like, really, like, man, you kind of just realize through the film, oh, you're not very nice. Mm. Like fucking hell! Like you, yeah. This you're you're actually really kind of adding to the whole atmosphere around here, aren't you? Um, and Holt McElhenney as well, like brilliant. Um, but yeah, like I say, the second hour where it's basically set set your watch to every fifteen minutes and you get a tragedy, um, just felt a bit odd. And also, a lot of it was telegraphed as well, like the way Jeremy Allen White's character has that crash. And it's like, he has like a few beers and then says, oh, I'm going to take my bike out for a ride. It's like, okay, wonder what's going to happen here then. (laughs) And, you know, it it is that, I I get it because it's a directorial choice, like just building up a sense of dread. And that's the second hour of this film is full of dread. It is dread, literally dreadful. Um, But I, yeah, I felt it was a bit bumpy and my last week before I move on to uh, uh, to Bex, the scene towards the end where it's the brothers meeting up in fucking heaven. No. We'll talk Be- more. Bex, what did you think of the Iron Claw? I liked it a lot more than I, I thought I was going to. Um, I think I always get surprised watching Zac Efron stuff because... It's easy to forget how how good he actually is. Um, I said to you when we came out, he's he's got like a certain like realness and vulnerability that makes him feel three D in a way that a lot of other actors don't. Um, and I think that's quite easy to forget because of how he looks. Because I mean, neck down, he could be a fucking poster, couldn't he? Is he's just ripped as fuck and then he's, he's actually quite a good actor as well and it's a bit like oh yeah there's that too you know you're not just Baywatch um whoa fucking hell Baywatch is great but like it's not there's not really much room for emoting is there well, it's more flexing um I, I actually disagree about Lily James I think for a for a movie that was very much about the brothers and the, the father and their relationship I thought she did really well to kind of stick out I, in this. I, I mean, I, I thought she was good. I just thought the character was underserved. But it's not about her, though, is it? Like, uh, I, I, I feel like uh, she popped enough to make the most of what she was doing. And, and I don't really like Louis James. I mean, so... I popped enough, let me tell you. Sorry. <laughs> but she's she's really good in this. And I think she she provides a obviously an alternate thing to cling to for him that the other brothers don't have which obviously once the wrestling for example is gone for Jeremy Allen White's character that that's it really for him he doesn't have 
much else to kind of root him in reality whereas Zephron obviously has his wife and kids so it's it's quite nice from that point of view he has this like side shoot off this weird fucking life that he's got with his brothers and his dad that is an alternative for him I guess um yeah I, do you know what I really liked it I thought it was really good it's too long but it's it's very good and not knowing anything about the story of the like real people um same as you Ian it was like oh hang on so they're, they're just all gonna die then it's just <laughs> fucking tragedy everywhere because I was watching it and it got to about like past halfway through I think before is it David dies mm. um, and I was like well what's this fucking fantastical tragic story of this family they're just weird wrestling men and wrestling shit and they all just fucking goes downhill from there yeah he was my favourite as well I didn't want him to die Dickie Attenborough I mean, do, do you know how the how how the youngest one died? The one that died before they all became like wrestlers. Jack Junior, or whatever yeah. they're called. No, he died at the age of six in Niagara Falls on March seventh, nineteen fifty nine. After he stepped on a trailer tongue, was electric, electrically shot, and then fell in a melting snow puddle, face first down, and drowned. Fuck me. Do you know what? Ugh. That family might be cursed. <laughs> I did enjoy that when you turned around to me and said that in the cinema. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed this. It's a, I think, like they say, Ian, the the kind of eighties TV framing uh, that came into mm. it, uh, was 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 a good, like, nice little touch, and it it helped lift it as not just being. I think if if, if it hadn't have had little moments of um, flourishes of touches like that, I I think it it might have felt a little bit too much. Like this is just fucking depressing. Mm. And, it, and it does have that element of that, but I think the fact that you you have you know it goes in there's a good montage of them you know when they all display you know Jeremy White he's like I think you should join your brothers in the ring and then you get like a good like five minute montage of them kind of rising through the ranks mm. sort of being brothers who um, who wrestle together, but I, I kind of enjoyed that uh, element of it. Um, that added a bit of fun. Yeah, I mean, you need... I think you need that first hour or so to get you through that second hour. Because if, 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 if the whole film was like that second hour, it would be an ordeal to get through. Um, And just, like, the way that... You want Holt McElhinney and Maura Tierney to kind of like get their comeuppance and get, you know, like say, I don't know, like say they're sorry and like start crying. And it, that never happens. That no. never happens. You know, it, it, it's, you know, in the end, it's like the relationship's kind of broken, but they are still family and talking to each other. And, and you know, it, that, which I thought was very real and... I, I I said coming out of this, it's like a, it is an a it is exactly an A twenty four sports movie, like almost parodically so. Um, but it, it, it's effective. It's a really it's a very compelling watch. Um, but it does make me laugh again. I've heard a lot of, a lot of radio ads for it this weekend, and my god, are they mis selling this fucker? Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's, it, like, yeah. It's, it's definitely not a. Um, it, it, it's. I mean, it's definitely a sports movie. 
um, for sure. But um, yeah, it, it, it's very much an A twenty four movie. Um, that is within that there. Um, I do agree though that 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 the the thing is, I, I both agree that the the, the brothers going to heaven bit is. Um, is a little bit. I think you tried it in your letterbox box review. It is a bit cloying, uh, a bit cloying uh, there. And I, I, I do actually agree with that. I think there's an element of the maybe the film for me anyway just about earned it, but I would have preferred it to have not been there. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but the performances are great. I think if Zac Efron wasn't Zac Efron and he was somebody else, I think that this, that his performance this will be getting more awards traction. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It's the... Like how kind of like sweet natured and tender the guy is, and how he does just want to do this all for his family. You know, he wants the world championship for his family, and um, you know, I I thought that um, there's that scene kind of early on where like Zac Efron asks Lily James like what what she thinks of his fam of his family, and she's like I love your family, and uh, in that moment it's just like right she she's my girl for life, you know, it just that. It, it, and it's not it's not like he's like a dumb giant or something like that you know like he's not the smartest guy in the world but he's got a good head on his shoulders at the same time it, it's a very kind of against what you imagine as like that physical image what that performance is and he's he's very yeah he's very very good and i mean you look at Coleman Domingo getting a nomination for Rustin and then, and, and you look at Zac Efron in this, and it's not just the physical transpa- the transformation; it is a complete performance. Yeah, it's it, it's not. I mean, it, there is a physical transformation in that, but we know Zac Efron can do that. And Zac Efron, it's not like Zac Efron went from being, you know, a, a, a skinny dude or a out of shape dude or anything like that. He was. You know, he he's a guy who likes to keep himself in in, in check. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I mean, he has he has said that that this that this wasn't as bad as the Baywatch one. Mm. That it wasn't as bad as that. He just he, that he just put on loads of mass for this. Mm. Uh, but it is an incredible, it's an incredible physique he pulls out of it. But it, like I say, it is you say it, it is an incredible performance as well. Uh, within that, I think he's he's very good. And Harris Dickinson continues to just just really impress every time he's you cracking. see him. Good, yeah, he's great. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I think it's just it's a really good. It, it, I think it might sneak up on people this film with just sort of how good it is. Yeah, it, it's. Oh, yeah, look, you guys still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one that a lot of people like uh, listening to like Oscar kind of podcasts and stuff. It's one where a lot of people are like, "How did this just get nothing?" Yeah, and that that, that it's an interesting question because it is an A twenty four film, you know, like it is something that has got these kinds of perform like these performances, and I I do wonder whether it's because it's a bunch of it's about a bunch of guys in Middle America and it's not. Like take it, it, it's not 
saying, oh, look at how these people live and kind of like the hillbilly elegy poverty porn aspect of it. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's... Yeah, I... It's interesting that it hasn't connected with voters who also, like, make films and maybe don't come from these backgrounds. And, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something in that, I think. Um... And like you say, I mean, Zac Efron should be getting a nomination for this. He should. Yeah. I mean, who else is nominated this year? So it's Murphy, Wright, Domingo, Giamatti. Fuck. Who's the fifth? Murphy, Wright, Giamatti, Domingo, and who's the fucking fifth? Who the fuck's the fifth? This is weirding me out. Sorry, a problem. Jeffrey Wright, Killian Murphy, Paul Giamatti, Coleman Domingo, and Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. That Bradley was bloody Cooper, of course. Like, I look. I like. I like Maestro. I I don't think you're going to convince me that what Cooper is doing there is necessarily better than what Efron's doing. No, I'd agree with that. There's at least two in there that I would take out ahead, at least two, uh, when I'd have Zac Efron ahead of them. Mm. And he basically carries the entire movie as well. You know, Not saying that he carries it because he's better than everybody else. He is, but it's not like he's the only good thing in it. Like, like for instance, Rustin. Um, yeah. but it, you know everything happens around him yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's, it's the family story but it's very much his story mm. and how he reacts to the that's it it's also very clever the fact that of all the none of the, none of the brothers deaths happen on screen yes yeah mm. that's quite a nice directorial touch is that they all happen off screen yeah yeah, so it's not quite as tragedy porny. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a, a strong element of it for sure. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm I definitely not sure. I think it's very, very good. Yeah, definitely not sure. Oh, same, absolutely. Mm. Our audience poll is find it. Where are we? Oh, they're really slow today. Uh, and God, definitely not shit 91%. Uh, nice. Shit 9%. So, yeah, so pretty much universally liked. Yeah. We'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Can I just, before we move on from this, though? Hmm. Wrestling's bobbins, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Iron Claw, right? The actual move. Hmm. <laughs> it's just putting your hand on someone's head, isn't it? No, it's squeezing yep. that someone's head. Yeah, but come on. What? What? It's a bit daft, isn't it? It's a shit. It's a shit move. It's, it's not. A I get. Move. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, wrestling not for me. The film itself very, very good. I actually quite like. Um, just to go back round again, I like how he explains it to um, Pam when she's like, "Yeah, but it's all fake," and it's like, "Yeah, but like." It's decided who wins based on 
kind of how popular you are and how popular you are, you are is based on like how you look and what your ring persona is like and all that kind of stuff so you do kind of win it but you just don't win it then if that makes sense yeah there's still like work involved yeah. just because it's not it just because it's not like real there are still things that will affect the outcome of yeah. who is essentially told will win yeah yeah and I, I, I quite liked that i think because mm. it always seems a bit like but what's the point in all of this is it's already pre-decided but it's the it's before the pre-deciding that's where the work comes into it i guess isn't it Mm-mm. yeah cool right shall we move on to our second main review Sure. Right. Let's go. Uh, American Fiction uh, is written and directed by Cord Jefferson and stars. Oof, who have we got here? Jeffrey Wright, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, Issa Rae, Sterling K. Brown, John Ortiz turns up, uh, Adam Brody turns up in the Adam Brody role, uh, and Keith David uh, is there for a little bit as well, which kind of like a real little fucking bit. <laughs> um, what is it about? It is about a novelist who's fed up with the establishment profiteering from black entertainment uses a pen name to write a book that propels him into the heart of the hypocrisy and madness he claims to disdain. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, Ian, American fiction. What did you reckon? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good, is American fiction. Um... I am, a, I am a, a, a touch surprised that it's it's getting the level of like nominations and whatnot that it's getting. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't begrudge it per se, but a little bit surprised. But then also not surprised. It's it's a less biting version of what Spike Lee was doing twenty years ago with a film like Bamboozled. Um, yeah it's yeah I I was talking to Noel about this actually it's a film that feels like it's caustic but just about palatable enough that people in Hollywood can watch it and go oh there are some dickheads in Hollywood aren't there but not me, because I, li- <laughs> I like this. You know? Yeah, and it it, 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 there it's is a little a part... bit of the uh, uh, of it would have voted for a banner a third time. I, I, mate, that was literally a, exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> there, there's there's that to this, and Cord Jefferson, if I remember correctly, is a an ex film critic who is uh, like is gone into the movie industry. And yeah, I think he, he, he was a film critic, then he wrote some TV stuff, didn't he? I think, did he write... He, yeah. He wrote Watchmen, I believe. Okay, okay. Yeah, it, it just... That is emphatically not surprising. Mm. And, yeah, it... I want. I wanted it to be more aggressive. I wanted it to be more cutting. Did, did, were you a little bit shocked that... The majority of the film isn't actually about a, 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 about that. About yeah. that, it's just about him having to kind of come to terms with uh, the fact that he's um, he's had a death in the family and his mother needs to go to her home. Yes. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, and I think 
that kind of stuff is the stuff that kind of helps like flesh out his character and and maybe takes the edges off as well um but at the same time i think jeffrey jeffrey wright's really good again is he as good as zach efron <laughs> no probably not the thing is jeffrey wright being good in things isn't a surprise <laughs> no i think it the... isn't a surprise either but, but do you know but jeffrey wright it doesn't this is it's good it's a very good performance but it doesn't seem like that this was like at any point jeffrey wright is pushing himself no, and look, look, it's his first Oscar nomination. You love to see it. I've oh, got yeah, absolutely. absolute you know, zero qualms about that. But no, you're 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 also right there. Um can, Tracy can Ellis Ross getting uh, just uh, very quickly and then I'll stop. Yeah. Tracy Ellis Ross getting second build in this film. Well done to her agent. Yes. <laughs> there, can, there you go. Can you say that the I think there's a possibility that there's the wrong person is nominated for Best Supporting Actor from this movie? Well, who do you think it should be? John Ortiz? Yeah. Oh, yeah? I think okay. he's fucking great in it. Is he the brother? No. Who is he? He's the agent. The brother, Stanley K. Brown, is the one who got nominated. Oh, okay. Who I think he's fantastic in it. Mm. But I think John Ortiz is, is just... It, it's a little bit like, when is this guy going to get his dues? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, he's like massive in the theatre world. Like yeah. that, that. I think that's where his bread's buttered and I think he's amply celebrated for it but i yeah i get i get what you mean what what did you think bex um i mean it's good it, it, i mean it's objectively good but it's it's just good i was really disappointed in it to be honest oh. it is it is surprising just how much love it had at the oscars mm. and how that sets sets your expectations you know, I just, yeah, I, I, I expected it to be incisive and biting and a little bit more, mm, mm. have a little bit more insight into what it was. It was just very dooby 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 doo through its story. Like, it, it doesn't really oh. say anything. He wants to call it fuck. Like, because it's like, I may as well, you know, whatever. Oh, they're buying it. Oh, ha, 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 ha. oh, oh! I, I, I'm an agent. I'd, ne- I'd never have my client do that. No, <laughs> num, 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 num. <laughs> it, yeah. Just, I, I was expecting a lot more. I was expecting a lot more. More. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know how to phrase it. It's, it's fine and it's good and everyone's very good in it and. But it just it just doesn't have much to say. Yes, you know, white audiences want black stories to be a certain type of thing. We we know that. We know that people like the trauma porn aspect of it. Is it right? No. Do we need a whole film about it? Also no. Because it doesn't delve into it deeply enough for it to actually make people go, God, do you know what? Yeah, I would like to just read a story about a black middle class family living in suburbia and I don't know, the daughter loses their dog and their blackness doesn't come into it at all. It's just that they are what they are. Yeah, do you know what? That probably should be a thing that's available, but it's not. It's all about slavery and gun violence and drugs and stuff. But but the, the, the fun thing is, outside of the him writing the book and having that going on, mm. the rest of the film is that. 
And, yeah, that, yeah. and that's kind of a, a really clever thing that, that Carl Jefferson has done within that, is the rest of the film. And it, it, almost it's tricked you into going, going, oh, you think you're coming to see this? Well, yeah, there's going to be a bit of that. But the majority of it is literally just this guy. Just... <laughs> Just, just realizing that he's kind of he's not as important as he thinks he is, and he's not his whole artistic oeuvre. No one gives a shit about. Well, that's it. I think if he, I think that would have been another another choice to have been made as well. Like if he was just a normal writer of normal books, mm. rather than really sort of inside baseball academic books. And he wasn't selling, and then he did this, and then he was. That would be a different thing. He's not selling popular, but he's not writing popular uh, all fiction that, to start with. But it's still gonna have one of the the moments that has made me laugh the most in about a year of cinema. Which one's that? The the bit with the the woman uh, when they're doing when they're finished putting the poll together for who should win the literary award, mm. and she says, "I just think it's about time we started listening to uh, you know more black voices." Oh yeah. And the framing of the shot is the three white people stood there, and the two black, uh, the black judges at the other side who have said no to it, and they've just completely ignored them. Yeah. It's that was a really a, a real just like yeah, yeah. Just, just almost like a uh, look. <laughs> look mm. were, it needed more of that it, but it did it did need a lot more of that within it because that's it, what I mean though that's what I expected is more of that's, that that's what I expected but I think it's it's kind of almost it's lured you in with that mm. and then have that I mean the other bits of it were he is kind of a dick um, to um, what's her name uh, Caroline uh, he is kind of a dick to her. Yeah. Uh, for that. Uh, and, you know, she shouldn't answer his calls. <laughs> no. Mm. Uh, but also, it just seems a little bit like... You can almost see why he has taken himself out of the picture a little bit. Because he seems to get on quite with his sister. He doesn't seem to get on with his brother. His mum seems like a bit of a dick. Yeah. quite enjoyed his brother mm. he had some good scenes he had some good moments yeah. within it it's 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 a very supporting actor performance yeah but then you, you had some other good moments like the the the, the, the dickhead um, coming up the beach saying you know have you got a permit for that and they're both saying <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> and then they both do it to it yeah it's kind of there are funny bits in it, it just it feels like at points the film is very good, but it does spend a lot of its screen time just happening. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, just it's very good, but I don't know. I think, like you guys said, I think that there is maybe a. There's maybe a bite to it that isn't quite there that I was expecting. Um, And then there's no real resolution at the end of it. It, It's very four out of five. Yeah, it's very four out of five. Everybody everybody in it is really good. It's a really well-made film. It looks nice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. but, But yeah, it is a very four out of five film. Um, it's very much a it's really good but mm. 
I'm I'm glad Hollywood enjoys it. Nom 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 Hollywood. Nom nom nom. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Hollywood who all think that they are uh, the Jeffrey Wright character when actually they're all the Adam Brody character. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I fucking love the fact that, that as soon as I saw Adam Brody was in the film, I could literally, you could have given me a piece of paper <laughs> and I could have written his character down and it would have been, all of it would have been exactly right. Yeah. Because that's basically I... what he plays now. And he kind of seems to really fucking... Like, like, there is there are very few other guys in Hollywood that have gone, do you know what, I've made my note and I'm just going to I'm just gonna turn up every so often to two days on a set <laughs> and play the same character. Yeah, Adam Brody is in the two Shazam films as the grown-up version of that handicapped one. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing here, bud? Why, why are you here, Adam Brody? Yeah. But fine, and, why and, not? You get the feeling like, like it's because he knows somebody and he's just doing someone a favour. I, 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 honestly, I think he's probably like a mate of Zachary Levi's or something. I, like they probably were in a TV show together or something, and they're just friends. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Oh, we could not have set for like a day. Ah, oh, I don't know. My, my limit is three days on set. You know that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Even though I did, I did like the. Um, it's not well, it's Adam Brody's character, but not him. But um, af- afterwards, they, like I think your agents like, yeah, he thought you were a little bit sh- um, fishy. But then um, you you just ran when you heard the sirens <laughs> and like. The... <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Wright's character's got longer. Is it ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. There's, there's some good stuff in it. It just... Yeah, that ending as well, Mark. I mean, I know you said it's got no end. It really doesn't have an ending. Yeah. It's it's just, I don't know how to end this. So I'll tell you what, we'll just have Jeffrey Wright be a bit meta and go with like, oh, well, it could have different versions of different endings. I mean, hey, you know what? Wayne's World did that called Jefferson. So, you know, you're, you're cribbing from the best. It, it, yeah, it was. Also, would watch the fuck out of Plantation Annihilation. <laughs> I just would. I mean, it's a good title, though, isn't it? Like, if, if if nobody ends up fucking making that movie, then then we have missed a no, trick. No, Mark. I th- I think we need to be very very clear that no one should ever make a film called Plantation Annihilation. That's, that, that, I would watch that movie. It sounded good. Uh, uh, sure. Look, d- definitely not shit. Not entirely sure why it's been nominated for like five Oscars. Yeah, definitely not shit. Uh, but yeah, definitely not. Shit. Our audience poll: seventy-five percent definitely not shit, and twenty-five percent shit. So yeah, mm. Mm. I don't think it's got enough. What? No, no, nothing. No. I'd have to be angry with something to to give it a shit, and I don't think it's got enough to it. Uh, yeah, I think there's an element of that. Um, oh, just very quickly, uh, just it's not about this movie, it's about the Iron Claw, but I just remembered it now, okay. and it came into my head. Um, can we have a fucking Marmatorian on Blue Oyster fucking cult, Don't Fear the Reaper, please, filmmakers? Could you stop using it? <laughs> fair. Because it yeah, cost, cost half a star for that for me. But there are other songs, there's loads. Is that, is that in that shot outside the stadium? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, there's so many other songs you could use. Yeah, just it, it, it has no bearing on the rest of the film. It, it, it has no bearing on what's going on. It's just like, there are other songs. 
I, I think Blue Oyster Cult probably just do a bit of a two for one where it's like you license our um, song for one film, we'll give you another one for free. There's Sean something. Durkin was just like, yeah, sure, I need to cut some budget here. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, go on then. I'll, 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 I'll take some of that action. It's a little bit on the nose, but it's going to it's gonna save 20 grand. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Should we do some what we've been up to? Mm. Ian, what have you been up to? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, uh, yesterday I had an existential crisis um, <laughs> going to the Twist Museum in London, which is just a bunch of like stuff that is like messes with your brain kinds of things. And um, yeah, I've never been more convinced that we're in a simulation. And then we went to Pizza Express after and I explained to my sister and her boyfriend why we're in a simulation and I, I, to be fair, I got them with explain how vinyl works. <laughs> so I'm quite pleased with that. Um, on a, no, like straight up. Yeah, okay. So you got this like plastic that's got ridges in it. Yeah. And then you put it on a thing, you spin it, you put a needle on that, yeah. and then music plays. No, yeah. I'm not having it. Bullshit. Right. So yeah, really, really broke my brain. Two horizontal lines that look. Like one's definitely bigger than the other, and then you put a ruler against them, then suddenly they're not. Nah, not having it. And it was like saying, like, oh, you know, it, it's something to do with the brain not quite comprehending some stuff. Nah, this simulation is laughing at us. I, I said to Don after, I think that the Twist Museum in London, which is great, by the way, it's a really, really, it's really, really fun. It, it's like very entertaining shit. But um, that exists. Um, the machines have built that. And they're using the income from it to pay for their office Christmas party. <laughs> um, that's that's the Twist Museum in London. Good place, though. Uh, we also went to the Science Museum, which fucking ruled. Uh, really, really good space exhibit there at the moment. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, um, All of Us Strangers. Um, a film that criminally Andrew Scott wasn't nominated for an Oscar for. So say some folks. Uh, Andrew Hayes' new film, uh, He of uh, Weekend. Uh, so, um, Andrew Scott is a screenwriter who uh, meets Paul Mescal and um, they kind of start having a relationship. But at the same time, uh, Andrew Scott is kind of like seeking some inspiration and stuff and he, go he goes back to his childhood home. And who does he see there? But his mum and dad. But they died in a car crash decades ago and um he has these interactions in their house as um it, it, a, a lot of it centers around the fact that he's gay and he's he's telling his parents that they he's gay and they're kind of like different reactions to it while it also um kind of like develops um his relationship with paul mescal where they uh go to clubs and fuck um really really deep relationship um like yeah like it, it it feels like a love for the ages um and not at all that uh it's just like ah oh, you want, want to watch one of them come on come on the other one don't you num 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 yeah all right we'll, we'll show you that um might sound like i wasn't super super impressed with all the strangers and because i wasn't um andrew's got he's he's very good um and it, you know, it, it feels very much from a personal place for Andrew Hay. And I'm, the, the the thing is, I, I maybe my, like my my going into it, I 
I I am not the person whose life has been most set up to get emotionally attached to this film. I think for a lot of people who see more of themselves in it, it could well do a number on them. And I, you know, and I, I, I you know, it, like I say, the performances are effective um, and and affecting in in moments. Um, Claire Foy and Jamie Bell are very good as well, and you know, like it just. Honest and like Paul Mescal's fine in it. He's 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 absolutely fine in it, and he's got good chemistry with Andrew Scott. And it's interesting because Mescal's like younger than him as well, and they kind of play that through the film, and that 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 works quite well. Um, but the 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 last fifteen twenty minutes make and there, there's a sense of wow, we're really trying to go for something here, aren't we? And then the last minute of the film, it's basically Andrew Hay going, I am making heartbreaking art. If you do not cry, you are not human. Look how fucking beautiful and sad this is. Cry. You need to cry. And it just, it like, I was nowhere near that place. So what actually happens at the end, if I, and I, I won't spoiler it, but if I was to tell you what the last shot was and me telling you the plot of the film, you would be, what? <laughs> and honestly, no, no. I, I'm no, I'm not. I, no, I'm not having it. And it, 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 it's because the film did not affect me. And that that ending goes to such a place that it's just not nah, so if you if you were really really taken with this film hey apps like i'm i'm not going to say like you're wrong it just didn't work for me that's it sometimes the films just don't land for people do they they're just different and you, look it's the performances are really are really good and it's obviously coming from a heartfelt genuine place but there is a little bit in that end of Andrew Hay going, I'm making, I'm making art. And if, if you are with it, then you are probably thinking, yeah, he's making art. And if you're not with it, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, he's making art. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I, like on, yeah. But like I say, you like the film and a lot of people do. I, you know, the letterboxed masses are going mad for it. Hey, look, I'm 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 not I'm not going to yuck your yum. Good for you. There, there there is also a part of me that's like, you know, hey, I like Jennifer Lawrence going full frontal in No Hard Feelings. You know, that's great. I'm all for that. It's been a, it's been a good year for boob or like kind of like season for boobs in cinema. You you, hey, you want to watch Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal? Fuck, I get it. You know, like, sure, why not? I mean, I don't get it. I don't find them attractive. But, like, sure, you, like, num, num, num. That's great. Absolutely. But there's, like, just a part of you's got to admit you just want to see those two fuck. It's, you know, come on. And it's fine. It's fine, yeah. It's fine. Why not? You know, but, you know, it's just also the film's art. But then, you know... Hey, but also Andrew A's getting you lot, you fucking lovely bastards in with what you want to watch these two fuck. Then you want in the same in the same as back, poor you? things. Oh. People want to watch Emma Stone get fucked. 
Yeah, uh, people almost Mark, Mark Ruffalo fuck. You know, yeah. it, it's hey, you know, but I like so that's the thing. It's like I'm not going to say, oh, you lot just want to watch that. It's like no, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in it that's emotionally affecting for people, but also I bet that's a fringe benefit for a lot of you people giving it five out of five. Come on. So th- there you go, all of my strangers. I, if you guys do get to it, I'd be fast. I, I want to talk. I just I want to talk about that in particular, like literally the last like minute of this film. I, I'm going to try and watch <laughs> this week. I was going to try and watch before recording, but we just ran out of time. But I would watch it this week. I mean, I yeah, nice. I, it's like it's just honestly, man. If you guys are taken with it, great. That's uh, honestly like that. That's that's brilliant. And like I say, I'm sure there are folks. Who were who were more connected to the characters? Who were like, I see myself in that, and that's brilliant. And like I say, those performances and the way, the the way that it is, him now, his experience now interacting with parents from like maybe like the early mid nineties, you know, like uh, their expectations of what being gay is. Like that, that's that's genuinely interesting, and there, there's a couple of really powerful moments in it. There's also, and maybe a little bit lazy, the way that they react, that the, the two parents react. It's a bit, it, yeah. It's like, oh, I surprised you that? No, not really. We'll talk about it more, but yeah, the the last shot. If I was in the if I was in the cinema watching it, I may well have laughed, and I bet that would have upset some people. <laughs> and I wouldn't have done, you know, I would have tried, I, I I would have held it in because I know that that would upset people, and I don't want to be a dick about it. But from like the outside looking in, and if you're not that into the film, <clears throat> no, come on now. Anyway, uh, I also watched Schumacher. So there's a change of pace. Um, so uh, Netflix documentary about Michael Schumacher. Um, and look, I mean, it's almost... I I really, really liked it. But I will say that it may as well have said at the end, um, uh, thanks to the support of the generous Schumacher family for their money and time in the making of this film. Um, it's like whenever there's anything cutting to say about Schumacher, it kind of like dangles it and then takes it away and a lot of it is just about how committed a family man he was not about how much of a fucking cunt he was on the racetrack and he was a cunt um and uh, you know and it's like yeah but that's no 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 to be clear a lot of racers have to be you know like that and but like this it is really playing up the family man aspect and it is it's quite powerfully done actually like the the whole kind of like him having the skiing accident thing is handled very, very well. And how it kind of leads onto that. And like Mick Schumacher, who has been an F1 driver and he, he, he's currently like, look like wait and looking for a seat. But he says like, my dad was my hero, you know? And it's like that, that does get you. Cause yeah, he obviously was, you know, he, he built your career trying to chase what he, he got. Um, and, and, and his daughter who like, I, don't think I've ever seen interviewed in anything like it, it, she's talking lovingly about him just that whole you know he's a dad and one minute he's there and then the next minute he's still there but he's also gone like for those who don't know Michael Schumacher had a skiing accident and since then he's not been seen in public and there's no real confirmation on 
of what, what his way of life yeah. is now, other than like he's different. Like that's basically all they say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there, there's some there's some great footage in this. It does feel a little bit of a hagiography, but at at the same time, you got access to the family, and it's almost like you don't you don't maybe you don't get that if you're not being overly positive about the person. Um, but I, I I feel like there's you know if somebody really really wanted to be a dick, you could probably make a like the anti Schumacher documentary, which talked about how much of a fucking arsehole he was on the track, how competitive he was, how like. He, he just wanted it all. And it, it, it's weird because like he retired and then came back a few years later and did a few a few seasons with Mercedes before then like finally not racing anymore. And they basically gloss over that because he did fuck all in those years. They gloss over that just saying like, well, it was hard, wasn't really in it. Blah, blah, blah. And again, that would have been interesting if it was a bit more like, okay, was it that he just couldn't keep up the pace with the likes of um, uh, Hamilton and um, Kimi Raikkonen? Because... Probably not at that point, and that would have been interesting. But look, it, it's it, it for those inclined. It's it, it you know it's good. It's good watching, and I, I enjoyed it. But as a documentary, it is a very authorized documentary. Um, that's me. Thanks. Uh, what have you been up to? Me. What have I been watching? Um, okay, so just to round out the many weeks long journey i have finished the dark tower series and oh nice it's one of those ones where i think it's it, it's a lot of a lot of book if you add up all seven books together as it, and it was one big book right it's a hell of a lot of book and then it just fucking rips the carpet out from under you at the end i'm not going to say anything that's going to spoil or anything but i i spent an incredibly high proportion of the time reading this book crying so the yeah if anyone's working their way through the dark tower series be be prepared for the last one um i genuinely so obviously i've mentioned before that i kind of hybrid read them um listening to some of them in the car and and reading some of them at home and i've been quite good at remembering when the bits were coming up that i wanted to give the due respect and sit down and read rather than listen to but one of them snuck up on me and I was driving home the other day and I almost had to pull over into a lay-by just to, just to have a good cry and get it out of my system before I could f- carry on because like it was affecting the visibility because I was crying, like ugly crying, driving my car <laughs> at one of the bits. And that's the worst bit, but there's yeah. some bad bits. But yeah, done with the dark tower feeling a bit sort of like I'm in mourning for it. I can't really decide on what to read next because I'm just too sad about the fact that I don't have any more Dark Tower to read. So, yeah, I haven't... What what have you decided on? I, I haven't. Come on, what have you decided on, Nathan? I, I can't. I'm listening to Doom McKee in the car, but, like, I just haven't got it in me to pick up the book. What's Doom McKee? Well, it's another Stephen King book. It's one of the weird oh, ones, actually, um... Do McKee and Bag of Bones, if I remember rightly, came out around the same sort of time and they're both quite like out of character, if that makes sense. Um they don't feel sort of Stephen Kingy in bunny ears. Um but they're both very good. Like Bag of Bones I think was adapted into a 
mini series with Pierce Brosnan, I think, which is like a ghost story. So that's more Kingy, but Duma Key is, I don't know, it, it just feels like not Stephen Kingy, but it's like this little, it's it's like the um, Treasure Planet Atlantis <laughs> of of the Stephen King world like i mean that that sounds all right yeah yeah like really good stuff but that just doesn't feel part of the larger whole right okay but but yeah really good i really like doing the key um but i don't yeah i haven't read it in a good while so yeah it's a it's a standalone it doesn't connect to anything else so i'm just reading it while i decide well listening to it sorry in the car while i decide what to what to read next. I also can't decide what to play next because I finished Silent Hill short message and that's that's left me a bit like, well, now I'm all Silent Hill y again and there's nothing I can do about that. Play Silent Hill again. It's not on the thing though, is it? I don't know. I have to look. Um so yeah, I'm thinking I might do Until Dawn again. That until Dawn remake thing looks interesting. Mm. Yeah. Like the fact that they're going third person with it and there's just like there's gonna be straight up new stuff in it. It it, it feels like it's gonna be more a reimagining than a straight up remake. I'm i I'm quite intrigued by that. Yeah, well I feel like it's not really a game you can straight up adapt without it being Ooh. just like it's quite cinematic anyway. Like the actual gameplay is is fairly minimal isn't it it's like decision making rather than actually playing mm. so mm. F- for a lot of it you're just watching it anyway so if they then did a an adaptation of it it's i don't know it's going to be unless they reimagine certain elements of it it's going to be kind of pointless and it, it's going to be a weird one as well because who do they get like, yeah, that's in, that's the point. Yeah, they're probably going to have to get new actors, aren't they? So sorry, yeah, no, sorry, yeah, you're right. Who are they going to get? That's sorry, it. they can't get the original people because obviously, when did Until Dawn come out? Donkey's years ago, right? I want to say 2015. So everyone's almost ten years older, mm. but also the people are recognisable Hollywood actors. So mm. if they recast them, Rami Malek's in the fucker for God's sake. Yeah. That's a good point. So I think I, I, it's going to be interesting. I have a couple you. of suggestions for you. Go on. Did you, I don't suppose you guys got on PlayStation Plus when it was on there a couple of months back, the Callisto Protocol? Got the Callisto Protocol. I haven't played it, but we did get it, yeah. Yeah. Sci- like sci-fi horror stuff, Vex. Okay. You might, you might be into that. Yeah. Josh, Josh Duhamel's the lead, weirdly. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, games, yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, he's been in a, one or two Call of Duties as well. But yeah, the Callisto Protocol. I think, uh, yeah, I think you might vibe with that actually. Um, and um, Dead Space remake um, is on. I think that's on EA Play, which I want to say. Though maybe you don't get that with PlayStation Plus. I can't remember. But any, anyway, yeah, Dead Space remakes. I, I played the first couple of hours of that and I got too scared, but that's good. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean, I did. Um, hmm. Fort Solis. Um, 
Yeah, look that up. I think you might like that too. There's 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 options. We 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 can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I just um I I I just bought um Helldivers 2 which is uh basically Starship Starship Troopers the video game. <laughs> nice. Uh and um yeah, it's a multiplayer co-op one. Mark, yeah. I might stream some of it or something. I think you need to take a look. I think you, me, and George might have found something. Nice. I'm down for that. But, but it's like, it looks Starship Troopers as fuck, and it's got that tone as well. Like, I, I bought the uh, slightly more deluxe edition, which is called the Super Citizen Edition. <laughs> yeah it's like very like do your part play like get these like fight these nasty bugs and there's shit like um you you call in like weapon drops and stuff and then they'll just drop down in these containers like in on on the planet and like your teammates have to watch where they are because they might just get squished by them and stuff like like stuff like that. It's like it's supposed to be like a lot of chaos, um, and it, it feels like a, a very a very tongue in cheek World War Z. And I know we had some good times on that. So, yeah, I might stream some. Nice. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, and I, I it wasn't even my thing, so I'm gonna shut up. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. So and then like watching wise, um, on my own. Oh, okay. So I watched a movie that's just dropped on Netflix, so neither of you two have to. (laughs) I watched Haunt. Haunt? Haunt, yeah. Shit. Who's in this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, tell us more. Um, Do you know what? I only watched it like a few days ago and already like the finer details are are like going. But yeah, these kids go to a haunted house, like an extreme haunted house on Holly Holly Hollywood. Halloween night. So it's not a new film, it's a it's just dropped on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then people start dying. It's like a shit escape room. Oh. Cool. Yeah, it's not it's not worth your time. It's Why'd you even... do that? Are you up? Why'd you do that? Because it seemed like the kind of thing I would like. Yeah, An extreme does. haunted house when then it's, people start dying. It's from the it's directed by the guys who wrote A Quiet Place. <laughs> Alright. I mean I don't check these things. I just watch stuff that looks suitably creepy. But it's not it's not that creepy. Fair enough. Mm. It's just, it's just, it's just crap. Cool. Try to think if it has any redeeming features. No. No. So there's this. So like one of the group of friends is like studying for, like to be a doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So her Halloween outfit is like scrubs. And she keeps making constant medical references. Like overly, you know, like when people use overly technical terms to show that they know about a thing mm-hmm. and like referring to different members of a family. So like, just in case you forgot, 
she was studying to be a doctor. It just keeps hammering at home. Oh no, you seem to have twisted your metatarsal. Let me check your phalanges, that kind of shit. Like, drill <laughs> shit, shit. Shit, yeah. it's shit. <laughs> it's so poorly written. Let me check your phalanges. <laughs> I don't know if that's a direct quote, but it's stuff like that. Oh, Becky, you're getting me hot under the collar. <laughs> like, um, a bruise isn't a bruise, it's whatever it's really called. What's it fucking really called? Subdural hematoma or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's so poor. It's poor as fuck. Uh, sounds like but, shit. And it doesn't even look good. Like it isn't hard to make a a haunted house that's like what coming to haunted? life around you look creepy, but this somehow fails. It's just poor. Um, I also watched oh. Insidious, the red draw, door dropped on Sky, so obviously I fucking watched it because nom 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 nom. <laughs> it is, it's so fucking good. Like, and it, we said it, or I said it at the time when it first came out, it's, it tricks you. Like, it, it gets you there. It's like, oh, insidious. It's spooky, spooky shit. Look at all this spooky shit that's going on. It's about the father son relationship. And then it just like, and then they hug at the end. Oh, I love it so much. And I really enjoy the fact that with the exception of, like, the daughter, it's the same people from the first one. And they've just made it and they're the same cast. I really enjoy that. And it's just the fact that it's obviously, like, they came back because they all like Patrick Wilson. I feel like you couldn't not. Like, he seems like a real ni- nice, <laughs> like, a yeah. chap. Mm. Um, but it's like Rose Byrne doesn't have to come back for the fifth Insidious film. <laughs> no. But there she is. There she is. You know, it's like it's a limited role. She's a busy lady. Um, but yeah, there, there she is. And instead, you're sort of focusing on Ty Simpkins and Patrick Olsen's relationship. Sure, why not? It's just real wholesome. Like, the fact that, like, they all think he's a piece of shit, but they don't really know why. He doesn't really know why he's a piece of shit, and he's just, like, drifted away from them all. But it's because they've had their fucking memory wiped by Elise's friend. Mm. And really, he's just a real good dad, and he just wanted to save them. I love it. Um, I, I appreciated the the sort of friendship between him and his roommate more this time round. That was more fun to watch when you're not concentrating on like the demony, like callback stuff. Mm-hmm. She, 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 her relationship with Dalton's actually really good. Oh, the girl, yeah, the yeah. girl's good in that, is, yeah. Uh, uh, and like when he goes and pranks her by playing a weird breath-powered keyboard, I want to say, mm-hmm. in her room, and he thinks he's dreaming, and then he does it, and she wakes up, and he's like, "What the fuck?" and runs away back to his room. It's just very good. It's just a very good film. Very, very good film. Um, another very good film, but not as good as the film that it's trying to emulate. I watched The Orphanage today. Um, it's not as good as Devil's Backbone, which is obviously what it's trying to be, but it is very good. Um, heartbreaking fucking ending as well. Oh, well, you think where they basically find out that they were just caught in like a cupboard? Yeah, yeah, and her looking for him frantically has dislodged something that's then trapped him in the cellar, mm. and he could have just got out. Mm. Yeah, it just. I think it handles the ghosty stuff quite well, but uh, the, the the thing is for me, like it. It gives a logical reason for why he's missing. 
but then the ghosty stuff's still there. And I feel like the ending, it should have been one or the other, where all of the spooky shit is logically explained, or all of the stuff that needed to be explained is spooky shit. Yeah, not that they both happened. Not that they both happened, yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah, whereas I think, and it's been a while since I've watched it, I think in The Devil's Backbone, the inciting incident, which in the orphanage would be the poisoning of the kids in the way back when, was real, and the spooky shit is pointing pointing the protagonist to what happened mm. whereas this one yeah it's it's it, i just don't think it's done with the same elegance as devil's backbone is if that makes sense mm-hmm. um mm. and then as a bit of a diversion from horror <coughs> which is where i skew um i watched the bird cage yesterday son's a real piece of shit isn't he it is a long long time since I watched the birdcage Rebecca well so basically his son asks him to pretend to be like straight for a few days while his girlfriend's senator parents come to meet him mm. so that because they're very conservative um, they wouldn't approve and Nathan Lane has to either go away or pretend to be just like his uncle and it doesn't pan out and then Gene Hackman's in drag. Right. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. It's a very good film. And I think it, it could have been bad and the main takeaway could be what a piece of shit the son is and, and what, you know, and be about what he's asking his father to do. But <laughs> on the one hand, you've got... I mean, Christine Baranski's his mum. So that's just a bit of glamour to throw in there. But Robin Williams pours his fucking heart and soul into the performance and really, really sells, like, I'm really hurt by what my son is asking me to do, but I love him because he's my son, so I'll try. He sells it really, really well. He sells the relationship with Nathan Lane really well as well. Like, just... Because there's a certain amount of, like, screaming queeniness to the movie, Mm. but in their relationship moments where it's just the two of them, it's just... It's just a real quiet, nice, tender relationship that they've got going on. And I think I, I think a lot of the success of that is down to those two actors just really selling it. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed Mario Watch of that. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Nice. That's me. Right. So what have we been up to, Bex? <laughs> um, well, well, watching-wise, we haven't watched an awful lot together. No. We've watched War of the Worlds. Yeah. So, circling back to the point I made earlier. Yes. Uh, War of the Worlds, the uh, Steven Spielberg movie. Um, bought on iTunes, it's in 4K, uh, and it was three ninety nine. And I fancy re-watching it. I think George had mentioned that he watched it, I think, um, fairly recently. Um mm. And so I remember thinking, I, I quite enjoyed War of the Worlds. I want to give it a rewatch. So we did, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. War of the Worlds is really good. It's a really good, um, solid kind of sci-fi action film. I feel like any movie narrated by Morgan Freeman is off to a good start. It is, yes. But what kind of really stood out for me about this is it's 18 years old, this movie. Mm. And it looks better than the majority of movies made now. In terms of the effects. 
what's your theory, Mark, for why that is? No, no, it's not, it's not just <laughs> it's not just that. I think the fact that it is shot on film rather than shot digitally does help. Yeah. Um, but even some films that Spielberg himself has made since don't look as good as this movie. Mm. And so there's an element of, I think we've, you know, cause we were talking about earlier in the show about the, the effects, and we've we've pushed it maybe just too far that we've made it quicker and we've made it easier to do things and maybe at points in that you've given up an element of quality yeah yeah or um you've essentially i think a large portion of it is i think that the the time constraints that the vfx guys are under now is so intense mm. that they just they aren't able to, to work these things out. It's mm. seen as something that is easier to do. Well, you, you, you know, you could do this twenty-five years ago. You know, you must be able to do it faster and quicker and cheaper now. I think it's easy to do badly. It is, but why are so many films that cost two hundred million dollars doing it so badly? Mm. When a film that cost less than one hundred and fifty million dollars eighteen years ago, when there were two twenty million dollar uh, two hundred million dollar movies around at this point, looks so fucking good. It is. It is weird. I think. I think there's a certain amount of laziness that's been bred through the fact that it can be done more easily. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's there's a little bit of a bagginess towards the middle of the film. Yeah. Um, but first hour um, and last half hour, I'd say, are just fucking a five out of five. And then it's the, the, that middle quarter of an hour, 20 minutes that just kind of pulls it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, and the other bit that pulls it down slightly, I would say, is the the kids. Um, so Justin Chatwin and uh, Dakota Fanning. In it, the problem is the way that they have pitched them and then the way that they made them act are too incongruous to, to, to the, each other. Yeah. You know, you've got um, Justin Chatwin as, as like the, the emo son, but then he becomes a gung-ho patriot halfway through it. Yeah. We just need to fight them. It's like, hang on a minute, you, you, as a unit of X, like say, saying, like, to tell me you've never met an emo kid without telling me you've never <laughs> met an emo kid. It is this kid's fucking arc in the movie. Mm. And then having... Dakota Fanning's character, like playing the daughter, who is just coldly logical and yeah. and really sensible, but also screams, but just at screams every constantly. Thing. Yeah, is just a little bit like the, the, the pick pick which character you're going to make the mm. kid because you've you've got four different characters being played by two. <laughs> It's two performances. Yeah, it just feels a little bit like, off-putting. We were saying as well, weren't we? Tom Cruise's character feels like he's like three or four different people mushed into one as well. Yeah, he just does it better. Yeah, he melds them better than the kids do. Yeah, um, that scene, that scene in the basement though, is is like really, really tense. Like that's the standout scene in this for me. Well, collection of scenes in this for me. Sequence, yeah, Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah where they, there's just that constant noise in the background and then it goes silent and then there's something and then the noise starts again and it's just very tense. Yeah. Yeah, really enjoyed it. That's it, in its smaller moments, it's just as good as it is in its bigger moments. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the only other film we watched together 
Mm-hmm. We continued our uh, <laughs> Polly Shaw Odyssey, didn't we? We did. <laughs> uh, and we watched Son in Law. Whose idea was this, Becky? It's my idea. Again, yeah. It's pretty upsetting, this, guys. Yeah. Becky, how much did you laugh during Son in Law? I really quite liked Son in Law, <laughs> to be honest. There's some, there's some real funny stuff. I think you have to view it through a very 90s lens, don't you? Oh, yes, yeah, very much so. Um, to be able to enjoy it. If you tried to watch it with your 2020s brain on, you're just going to be like, what, what in the fuck is this? Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the Carla Gugino aspect is probably what led me to pick this one next. Um, who I commented to you like during the film, she looks simultaneously like eleven, seventeen, and like twenty-eight in this film, depending on which angle you're looking at her from. Um, She's real sweet in it though. It's, it's weird to see her in like such a young role. Yeah. Um, Paulie Shaw's Paulie Shaw. That's all you can say about it really, isn't it? Yeah, well it's all you can say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's good fun. It's very silly, but it's good fun. We also went to a gig, didn't we? We did. On Friday night, let's see um, Bernard Butler of... Um, Suede and producing album by and he also did an album with Jesse Buckley recently, didn't he? He did. Um, and yeah, it was in a church, wasn't it? Wasn't a church. Like a proper full blown like fucking church. The functioning <laughs> church. church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was very good. More like an evening with, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but very entertaining, very good. Uh, really good. Yeah, I think I'd I'd always had this kind of like vision of Bernard Butler as being very. Very self-serious and very like music snobby, and he's he's whether he's mellowed with age or whether that was always has, just yeah. a misconception. It was just really quite sweet. Yeah, and, like, it was quite chatty, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with people, yeah. Mm. Uh, it, it was it was good. It was, it was, enjoyed it. Fletcher, I do what I watched this week. Then go for it. So I watched uh, the Tender Bar, the um, <laughs> the only like. What, two and a bit year old movie from uh, Academy Award winner George Clooney um, starring Academy Award winner Ben Affleck that nobody fucking talks about yeah. the, the, the film that George and Dan rest in peace and our, uh, no no Dan didn't see that with us it was me Jordan and Lauren and we met Dan for drinks beforehand saw at the LFF with Clooney's mother-in-law and wife sat directly behind us. <laughs> that's, that's mental. And a bunch of security. <laughs> and, like, it was literally... It, it, it was like quarter past nine Royal Albert Hall showing. And um, we applied for press tickets... And they were just a bit like, yeah, fucking have them. Nobody wants them. It's wild. Um, I I actually really quite like the Tender Bar. Yeah, it's good. It's a good film. Uh, very similar in not in well, kind of in story as such, but in kind of like um, feeling. I think is the best word. Mood in mood as to something like I uh, there got it's me Margaret. In the fact that you're expecting like just horrible things to kind of happen in it at every turn. 
Mm. And then they kind of don't. They do a little bit more in this than, than uh, Iron Lego, It's Me and Margaret. But they don't, nothing really is that bad. Yeah. Um, throughout it. And the, you know, the, the central relationship, so the idea is that it's um, this kid played by Ty Sheridan uh, and his mother have to go back and live with um, her father because they can no longer afford to live where they live. Uh, his dad up and left them. Uh, and he only really knows him as a voice on the radio because he's a radio DJ. Um, and he has a really good relationship with his uncle Charlie, played by Ben Affleck. And the story is kind of like him growing up around these people and, and specifically around this bar that his, his uncle either works at or owns. You never quite find out <laughs> uh, within it. And sort of how that affects his life and how that kind of shapes him uh, and like, his mother's basically obsessed with him going to uh, Yale and he does and but he just wants to become a writer but he, he goes under there as a guy he's, he's going to become a lawyer um, and then you know you get to the end of it and he has he has almost this realisation because it's a little bit of he's got a bit of absent father syndrome about him but he has this realisation that actually he had a great dad it was just his uncle was his dad yeah and there's oh. that really nice relationship within that there. But it's just a really watchable film. Um, Ty Sheridan is very, very good in it as the kid. He never goes for anything too overblown, emotional-wise. I like Ty Sheridan. Um, ben Affleck's very good, um, again. Uh, there's a, a great moment where Ty Sheridan essentially goes to his girlfriend's um, house for Christmas. And his girlfriend's parents, who they're quite a rich family, just are basically dicks to them. Dicks to him. And he just fucking just decides to be a prick back. <laughs> but with like a real big fucking smile on his face. And he's doing it in this really nice way. But he's just being like, he's just essentially calling them on their bullshit. Which, and then he just walks out just smiling. And it's really quite nice. Um, but I, I had a good time with, um, with the Tender Bar. I think it's a, it, it's a good film. More people should more people should give it a go. It's not too heavy, but it's not it's not frothy either. It's just yeah. very watchable. In an American fiction kind of way, it's just watchable. Um, and then <laughs> I also watched rewatched Mr. Deeds because do you know what I like Mr. Deeds. It's a fun movie. Yeah. I really like it. Yep, good. It's a fun movie where you've just got this mild-mannered character called Longfellow Deeds who's just a nice guy. Really violent, though. Punches a lot of people. Is this the one that John Twitter was very yeah, sneaky? Yeah, it is the one that John Twitter was very sneaky. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's just it's a fun movie. It's a loose remake of the Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, the Frank Capra movie. Um, but a very loose one. Yeah, um, but yeah, it is. It's it, it, it's a good amount of fun. I believe it was the first movie that went on a ride and made after she got caught shoplifting. Oh bless her! Yeah, and then I also rewatched another kind of lower brow comedy. Oh, God, what? Nobody should watch this movie. Well, I've watched it more than once. Yeah, I believe this is my third watch. So I rewatched. Really the, disappointing that man. The Robert De Niro and Zac Efron movie, Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> and 
And I kind of enjoyed it again. Yeah, this this, this fun is Dirty Grandpa. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. Uh, I like the fact that it's probably the first time that most people were introduced to Jason Manzoukas, who is just a... just will always have a, a fucking straight fucking line to my funny bone. That guy is just funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, from is, is very good at comedy in this. Um, I, I, I think it might have got... I think it would have been a better film if they toned it down by half a notch and given it a different title. Yeah, probably. Um, because <clears throat> the kind of idea of the film is that, at the end of it, is that... De Niro's character is that he actually just didn't want his grandson to turn into the dickhead that his son was. Yeah. Um, and, and it's and then when you when you sort of throw it all back, you're like, oh, that's quite that, that is quite sweet, and that actually makes sense within the story. And then you think about it for another second and go, however, <laughs> there are still some odd moments, mm. but yeah. But then there's some fun bits. I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. Zach Efron, Zach Efron accidentally taking crystal meth. Which is my Zucas going, oh no, I might have given you crystal meth. Let me just work it out which vape pen's crystal meth. I don't, ah oh, shit, my bad. They're both crystal meth. <laughs> it's just, he's very good at those characters. So yeah. yeah. So I'd, I, yeah, I'd, I'd probably too much of a good time with, um, with Dirty Grandpa. It was fun. Right. That was that's me. I'm gonna a little bit of breaking news. Ooh, kind of. Um so it was announced well, it was said a few days back that David Leach of The Fall Guy and Bullet Train was gonna be directing the new Jurassic World film. Um he's now cut ties with it. And um, there's a Hollywood Reporter article that has said, I quote, the new Jurassic World movie needs a director that would essentially have been more of a shooter. There's not enough time to work with new ideas. And that's David Kep, the writer of the new Jurassic World film, basically saying, yeah, not enough time because we've already got a release date set for next year for a director to come in and have any vision. Fucking Joe Johnson's right now is going, I'm your guy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Jurassic Park 3 had some vision to it. It had Alan, Alan, the dream sequence where the dinosaur talks to him. <laughs> Fucking, I forgot about that. Um, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, since reading that, I'm in a bit of an existential spiral. Um, so let, let's see what the Twitter questions are, guys. <laughs> Twitter questions are, do you know what? Maybe Jurassic Park's just something we need to just maybe just leave for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it's it just there's no there's no there's no time for ideas, guys. There's no time. There's there's no time. This film has to come out next next year. It has to. Yeah, because because everybody cares. <laughs> no, no, but I mean Universal do because those films make fucking bank. But there's no time. Did the last one? It did, didn't it? it? Quietly did, didn't it? Yeah, it did fine. It did, it, it, it did really well. Fallen Kingdom did over a billion. Fallen Kingdom's a weird fucking film that never should have made a billion, what? but it did. 
Because it's dinosaurs. Hang on a minute. The, 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 the second one of the... I swear, I swear to fucking God. Right, yeah. let's 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 fucking put my feet to the fire now. Let's put my so feet to the fire Ju- now. Jurassic let's... World did 1.6 billion. Fucking yep. hell. Fallen Kingdom did 1.3 billion. And everyone yeah, says they hate it. I quite liked it. Yeah, Fallen Kingdom's all right. And Dominion, which came out during COVID bits, a billion. Yep. Fucking dinosaurs. Fuck. It's dinosaurs. Very fucking fucking rough. But there's no time. There's no time. No time for ideas. Fucking hell. What we got? What we got? Spent a lot of my life. Jurassic Park made me a film fan. Great. Fucking brilliant, guys. Yeah. Twitter questions. What we got? Uh, Rick Kidd. I rewatched uh, A Cure for Wellness. It's interesting but flawed. So my question this week is, with the exception of an easy and obvious answer, Shutter Island, One Flew Cuckoo's Nest, what are your favourite films set in hospitals or institutions? Boo. Shutter Island. <laughs> Boo, are you going for Becky? Boo. Boo. And that one section of The Frighteners. And that one section of The Frighteners. Oh, Yeah. Shutter Island it's an easy answer but it's ace and it's my answer you're not allowed it fuck you films set in hospitals or institutions do a Jurassic World set in a hospital (laughs) no Ian there's not time for ideas there's no time there's no time right I need to look up films set in hospitals now I'm sure there's, a, there's an obvious ones that we're not thinking of. Me Ten minutes of The Exorcist 3 is set in a hospital. So my answer is The Exorcist 3. That's a fucking good sh- shout. Yeah, no, it is Actually, right. more than ten minutes of that yeah. film is set in an it's institution. Ian, Ian, the Exorcist right. 3. Yeah. There you go. It's not Shutter Island. Bev, you're right, Ian. It's that. That's the answer. I'm having some real comic book, man. Oh, I wasted my life. Fucking shit. Now, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, the extra is free. Out of curiosity, Ian, with regard to that, how many of the so so far there have been what six Jurassic Park movies? Yeah, how many do you think are good? One, are, are we talking if I'd rate them definitely not shit? Yeah. Four point five. Four point five. So which ones would you rate as shit? Or touching cloth? Dominion, shit. Yeah, Dominion is shit. Jurassic World, bet like barely gets a pass, but it's because it's what would happen if shit happened when there's people in the park. Yeah. See that's it. I don't think it's a franchise that's actually that great. Holistically. But, right, one, the film that made me a film fan. Two, actually fucking interesting. Unfortunately, the the T-Rex in San Diego stuff is a little bit of a limp last 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But that film is interesting and dark. Jurassic Park 3 is Joe Johnston just making a 90-minute B-movie. But it's Jurassic Park. It's interesting. Fallen Kingdom 
is as close to a horror movie as Jurassic Park will ever get. And it's just got batshit stuff in it. An auction where they're auctioning off dinosaurs. Sure, why not? Yep. Great. It's interesting. There should, have been, there should have been a sequel to that, not the sequel they did make. Yeah, yeah which is weird because like Trevor O and his mate wrote it. Yeah, it's weird. One thing is that I think that I, I, actually, the actual original Jurassic Park trilogy is underrated. Yeah. I think it's an underrated trilogy. But the the the... The more recent three are a bit naff, with the exception of the one that everyone else thinks is naff. The real weird series of films. Mm. Um, but it's dinosaurs, dude. It's dinosaurs. They sell, and the merchandising is genius. Like honestly, the, like the greatest slash thing that is causing me to have an existential crisis now. Is the way that the market, like the products, the merchandise of the film is in the film. It is so sellable. Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, they are so sellable. You know, and and you've got the Velocicoaster, the, the, the roller coaster on which I'm fairly sure I passed out for a couple of seconds. You know, you, it's merchandising up the wazoo. And it, it leads to we don't have enough time for new ideas. Be interesting to get. Be interesting to film today, fucking good. Next question. Um, it's Super Bowl Sunday, apparently. Uh, Substitutes from Ethan M. Barr. Um, so, favourite films about American football or with scenes playing it? Any given Sunday, next. Sorry, Ethan. I'm being I'm being a dick. Um, it is any given Sunday. That film, fucking bangs. Could also go to the Last Boy Scout though, if you're feeling cheeky. I think if you're feeling cheeky, go to Last Boy Scout. I'm also going to throw in Draft Day in there as well. Moneyball. Oh, draft Day is good. Moneyball. Draft Day. I watched that on a plane last year. That film is. An all-timer plane film. Uh, it, I bet it is because it's just really watchable. <laughs> yep, just passes the time. P- entertaining, you know. You you you're not you're not impacted by it in any way other than you've had a good time. It's just just interesting. I'm also going to throw in a curveball uh, 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 if you want to have something that's quite depressing: the slaughter rule and early um, Ryan Gosling performance. Hmm. Is a good one. Uh, da, 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 da. What else we got? Dylan Black Lanterns. I would love to know your thoughts on Nathan Fielder and the Safety Brothers, The Curse. Has anyone seen this odd, almost Twin Peaks vibe of a show? And where do you see the Safety's work going from here now that they have split? Have you I think it's like eight episodes, and I think it's like an hour long a piece. And I'm. I am somewhat interested, but my 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 thing with t- yeah yeah Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie and I think it's directed by Benny Safdie. It is, yeah, and it it sounds interesting. It's like these guys, like Emma Stone and Fielder, are like a husband and wife team who make a show about like 
like one of those like oh we're going to renovate your home and we're going to do it for free and it's going to be really inspiring because you're poor and kind of like almost like kind of like poverty porn kind of stuff and then they get cursed or something yeah it's it sound it sounds really interesting i i haven't watched it but it sounds like a new idea um so i'm worried that uh it may never happen again so i might watch it actually yes thanks I haven't seen it. I didn't know it existed. But would you watch it though? Um, a newlywed couple struggles to make their vision for a reality in a small New Mexico town. That doesn't sound like what you just explained. Um, it, yeah, I'd give it a go. Okay. It, I, I don't really when when you guys kind of vibe about the safties. I don't really know what that means. I'm a bit lost on that. Uncut gems. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but like. Prior to it, it seemed like they were a thing that I'm unaware of. Good time. Good time's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you quite like good time, actually. Yeah, we'll give that a go. Cool. What are we covering next week, Ian? Nothing. I'm done. <laughs> There's no new ideas anymore. Oh, There's I'll tell no you what's a new idea. There's no time for mm-hmm. them. Oh, no, that that's right. But... Um, before um, the the end times, Madame Web. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Madame Web. I'm looking forward to Madame Web as well because you know what? It's not it's not great art. They probably they probably didn't have. Well, do you know what? I think Madame Web. The problem with Madame Web is going to be that there were too many. There was too much time for ideas. Yep. David Kep's right. I'm interested to see what uh, what role Emma Roberts has in this film. I forgot Emma Roberts is in this. I swear, isn't she playing Spider-Man's mum or something? I swear. I swear she's playing something Parker. Oh, fuck. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so fucking so bad. <laughs> oh, shit. Yep, yeah, we're doing Madame Web. You're welcome. And you're hosting, I am Mark. Hosting, yeah, I forgot about that. Hey guys, when's the new Ghostbusters out? I'm real excited for that. <laughs> Can you imagine if that and Back to Black come out the same fucking weekend? <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Dude, and the only reason why I see them, re- like to be honest, really, is because of this show. And and and, and yet here I am. You know, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Look at how literally a, 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 a snippet from a fucking interview has made you cover a big existential crisis. I I just I the the thing is right like place so much like time and effort and love into these things and it, it is it is just yeah but we don't have time for new ideas we just need someone who can do the the shit for the for the shit munchers because i'm a shit muncher because i watched jurassic park and it made me fall in love with films but you know what i'm a fucking idiot good night everyone you're basing that around the fact that, that they've said they don't have time for new ideas on a one fucking project. 
on, on the seventh Jurassic Park yeah, film. That's right. Jurassic yeah, it's, Park movie, mate. I'm just saying, mate. It, there's, 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 there's better things you can have an existential crisis about with film. Than I, that. I, also, look I, at it I, this I, way, Ian. Next week we 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 have to watch Madame Web, which I mean, worst case. No, scenario, I want to watch Madame Web because I'm a fucking idiot. On the, you know, it might be shit, but it's Dakota Fanning. Uh, oh, Dakota Johnson. So you get to look at her for the duration of the movie. I'm, the week after that, hey, we looks, get to watch Wicked Little Letters, which is a fairly original idea. Looks funny as fuck, and we're all really looking forward to. That's true. So cinema's not dead, just because that's true. If Wicked Little Letters for Jurassic, whatever the fuck. If Wicked Little Letters is shit, I'm done with the podcast. No, I'm joking. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I like yeah, mm, yeah. Look, me going queuing up outside the Westway Cinema in Froome is the little dom- domino. That has led to the big domino of David Kep saying, "We don't have time for ideas." It's there. We are. There we are. Oh, I wasted my life. <laughs> right, that was episode five two six. We're going to see you next week. Say goodbye, Rebecca. Bye, Rebecca. And say goodbye, Ian. Do you know what I used to like as well? Ghostbusters. Look how that turned out. I mean, the new one looks really good, so... Fucking... Do you know what... Do you, do, right, right, I'm going to say it. Do you know what the best Ghostbusters thing ever was? What? It's fucking cartoon. Yeah. The real Ghostbusters yeah. that they had to call the real Ghostbusters because somebody else tried to do a TV show called Ghostbusters. Yeah. So they actually had to say, no, we're the, the real, real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Which is in- incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. That's, that, that's, it was really good. That's the best Ghostbusters yeah. uh, content we've had. For sure. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the game's quite good as well, actually. Yeah. 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 I downloaded it and I didn't play it. Then deleted it. That's, that's that's very standard for that's Mark. That's very Mark behaviour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is incredibly Mark behaviour. I'm gonna download this game. I really want to play this game. Eight hours. Fuck off. <laughs> my name's Mark. My my toxic trait is that I download games, play them for five minutes, then delete them. <laughs> yeah, I do oh, that. hello. My name's Ian. My toxic trait is that I buy games, play them for four hours raise them to the sun and fucking never talk of them again. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. Yep. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm currently in the process of seeing if Shin Godzilla is on anything because I want to watch that at some point this week. I want to watch Shin Godzilla as well. Yeah. Maybe I should do that. I think I'm going to watch Shin Godzilla. I'm definitely going to watch it this week. I'm just seeing if it's on something. I just downloaded Hell Divers 2, so I'm going to try and shoot some aliens and make myself feel better. It's not on anything, Ian, but if I download it, do you want me to send you a copy of it? What, Shin Godzilla? Yeah. Yes, please. I will do indeed. <laughs> Go shoot some bugs. Yeah. You could I join us in watching to. Encino, man, if you like. Watch that on Wednesday, well. No, I don't want to watch Encino. Oh, hello, Lars, you're right. What's up? What? No, you can talk. Oh. We've stopped recording. What's up? Can I have your iPad? Can you have my iPad? Yeah. How dare you? I want to do my tablet cover. Oh, okay. Uh, it's in my bag, which is there. Uh, yeah, it's in that. Um, can you please, 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 please put that in, back in my bag later, though, please? Yes. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the seventh Jurassic Park film. I should not feel that bad. <laughs> no, you should It's just really depressing. I don't know, man. Like, that's such a quote for David Kett to go, yeah, that's fine to put out there.
What to give to a journalist. The thing is, I, I'm very much at this thing now of... How many ideas can they have with Jurassic Park? Oh, mate, I tell you what, the John Sayles one that they were gonna do, that he wrote, a, he wrote an outline for, I think, Jurassic Park Four, which was gonna be that they trained them to basically hunt terrorists and stuff, and now they got yeah. guns attached to them. Do that. <laughs> Why not? Maybe, maybe there wasn't time for new ideas because that's the idea they're going for. I, I mean, to be fair, if David Ketch basically just given that a once over and gone, this is the script, then you know I'm back in the room. But like, yeah, right now. I, yeah. Do you, know what I, I, do, do you know what I want it to be? I want it to be Jurassic World, Jurassic Park 7, and a Premium Rush cut crossover, because he wrote and directed Premium Rush. And it, he did? It, it, it's, it's just, it's a bunch of fucking dinosaurs chasing down Joseph Gordon-Levitt on a carrier bike. That go. would be good. Yeah. I'd, and one of the dinosaurs honest, is voiced by Michael Shannon. That'd be good. But he isn't talking. He's just making dinosaur noises, the, but it's just like this really expensive looking CGI dinosaur that every so often when it growls on me, it's a noise. It's just Michael Shannon just doing it. Can one, can one be voiced by Shalto Copley, but that he actually talks? Yeah, why not? There's even yeah. like a voice box, but... Like, oh, hang on a minute. He's doing like Wait, the sorry, voice. my phone's going. Sorry. David Ketch just said, no, we can't do that. There's no time. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Right, Ian. We'll <laughs> let you get go. back to your existential crisis. I'm going to go make some tacos. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Maybe <laughs> I need to make tacos. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. bye.